Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza. The pizza, personally... I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio? Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O. G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A That's Pizza Trocadero A place of the good trade Creative Control with Beach Comic Hello On this episode Steve Sledkowski of the Toronto punk pop band Pup joins me for a conversation about about the band. Mostly, actually, it's not really about the band. It's pretty much all about baseball. It's about baseball and America and the Sky Dome. It's just baseball. It's a baseball talk, a little bit of music. It's mostly music, I guess. But I like that we talked about baseball. So that's on the show. You're going to hear some songs by Pup. Good guy. Steve's a good guy. He used to live in Guelph, so I knew him a little bit here. But it was nice to catch up with him. This is a good one. I think you will enjoy it. Hillside is less than a month away, and in case you forgot to buy your tickets, don't worry. Single-day tickets are still available for Friday, July 25th and Sunday, July 27th. Come be part of an engaging weekend of music, art, community, and celebration featuring artists such as Tegan and Sarah, Fortet, Baja Bulat, Hey Rosetta, various spoken word performers, children's music, neighborhood organizations, craft and food vendors, workshops, and much, much more. Tickets are available online at www.ticketbreak.ca and also at retailers across southern Ontario, such as The Bookshelf and The Beat Goes On here in Guelph, Soundscapes in Toronto, and Encore Records in Kitchener. 
Hillside is a physically accessible event. Get your tickets before they are gone, as you do not want to miss out on this year's Hillside experience. Sledkowski plays guitar and sings in a Toronto punk-infused pop band called Pup. Originally called Topanga, Pup changed their name ahead of releasing their first self-titled debut album, which is out now via Royal Mountain Records. Pup plays Guelph's Hillside Festival on Saturday, July 25th, and here now to discuss this further is Steve Sledkowski. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. Where in the world are you? Uh, I am uh, in Toronto, uh, actually at my dad's house. I was just helping him uh, uh, stain a fence in his backyard. Nice. Is it is it cloudy and looking like it's going to rain soon? It's been sort of on and off all day, you know? Like, it's been cloudy and then sunny, and we just kind of, like, ran out there and tried to get it done. That's good. It's good to help your dad. Now, for some reason, I always thought of you as a Guelph guy, but your dad's in Toronto. Are you? Were you... And are you considered a Guelph person? Uh, I think for f- like for four years, I went to the uh, the University of Guelph mm-hmm. um, and spent a lot of time there playing um, and organizing concerts and working for the Guelph Jazz Festival and uh, the ICAST project. So yeah, I, I would say that I have a definitely kind of a, a deeper than surface connection to Guelph. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought of you as a jazz guy. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. That's what I I did my like degree in, I guess, at school. Um, but I, I kind of grew up um, going to shows at the Reverb and the Cathedral, and uh, and, and kind of like making shitty like punk music uh, as a kid in high school. So um, two of the guys in Pup are like old, old friends and we had kind of been playing on and off together for a decade. Um, and basically right around the time that I was graduating, uh, we kind of started jamming and, and doing this thing. Uh, and now here we are back at Hillside. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> There's not really a good chance that Pup would ever play the Guelph Jazz Festival, is there? I don't, I don't think so, but uh, it's still fun to kind of like follow the lineup. I mean, things are so crazy, but like all the work that Ajay and, and that Michelle did previously too. Um, it, oh, you're it, talking to my wife. Michelle was the president yeah, of the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome. It's, I always feel like uh, Guelph kind of like has punched above its weight for a really long time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in, in like multiple, uh, like scenes, like, you know, you can have a band like the Constantines and also have a festival that'll bring in John Zorn and everyone is kind of just into it. There, there are a lot of like music fans and people who are willing to support anything that's like interesting. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you don't always get that. It is pretty ridiculous considering how small a town this is, how sort of culturally in tune it is and, you know, I mean, we do we do well here, and 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 I I count you among the people. When I say we, 
I count you among the we. Well, I think like part of the reason why we can, or at least I personally can deal with like the ever expanding tour schedule that we have right now is because I think at one point while I was in Guelph, I was playing probably five times a week. Uh, different things, you know, like uh, on campus, uh, that bar, do you remember that bar, that bar Wally's? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. Now. It's gone. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good riddance. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, you know, just like all, and I was working at Folkway Music teaching guitar and, and I, I feel like a lot of who I am as a musician and my approach to what I, I do was, uh, kind of st- started in Guelph. Hmm. Um, and, and the fact that there are opportunities for people to play live music, you know, in, in clubs that smell like a toilet all the way up to hillside is, is a big reason why there are so many people who are able to kind of, uh, give, give it the cultural cachet that it has. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's one of the reasons I chose to stay. I did my four years like you did your four years, but I kind of have stuck around because I think there's, there's something kind of interesting in this town. Yeah, I, I I would agree. And I mean, like, it's interesting. It seems like a a city where people people come, but they, they end up coming back. You know, they come and they go and they, it like, you know, Bry Webb, I think, is a great example, too. Uh, where he he was gone for a while, wasn't he? He, he was, was in Toronto for a while. Yeah, and now uh, just to keep everything in check, Bry is from London, but he came here. Oh, okay. Yeah, he came here eventually for school, but only for a couple of years, and then the cons were going, and then they moved to Toronto, and then he lived in Montreal, and then yeah, now he's back. Yeah, it seems like a, a lot of people I met there kind of kind of did the same. So who knows? Who knows what'll happen? I, th- I you do you clearly you have an uh, you have an affection for it and you do you miss it? I I miss there's things I miss, there's things I don't miss. I I I think I don't know if I could uh be the responsible student that I was uh anymore, but being able to have to like affect the scene in in such like a tangible way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like when I started doing that that series that I was doing way back, it was just like found a venue, started booking bands, and kind of just figured out how it all worked. Kind of f- like flying by the seat of my pants, but it, it was a, an, an amazing place. There was so much support for anyone who was willing to kind of stick themselves out there and and start something new. You know, and what was like, the, what was the name of your series? Did you have uh, it was called the Guelph Improvised Music Series. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like partnering with Brad, who's been doing amazing things for as long as I can remember. Brad, Brad, Brad McInerney. Brad McInerney of Kazoo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so much going on, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, there, there is. And now you're coming back. Like you say, it's, mm-hmm. good. it's good. Now, you just got back from a pretty long tour, didn't you? Yeah. We did uh, about six weeks in the U.S., and how, uh, in the U.S. and how was that? It was amazing. You know, like uh, the we went out with a band from um, Philadelphia. Speaking of a city that is punching above its weight right now, yeah. Um, uh, called the Menzingers, um, and they're they're like 
they're on Epitaph, which was cool. So there, we were playing to big crowds every night. Oh wow! Um, um, yeah, it was it was totally totally unexpected because the guys kind of I guess picked us. They asked us to be on the tour after hearing the record. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it was. Uh, we went to a lot of pla- <laughs> a lot of places that I I don't think I ever would have ended up in. You know, we played in Salt Lake City and uh and uh all kind of, like we we spent 3 days in Iowa. Iowa's uh, a good that's a good place a good Indian restaurant in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, we went to a, a single A baseball game. Oh nice. Was, it was amazing. It was like every cliche you could think about in baseball happened in that game. <laughs> uh you know, like the guy proposing to his wife on the top of the dugout and the that's not a baseball cliche at all. That's just no, like yeah. that's that's an anomaly that occurred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard. You know that old baseball cliche where someone proposes to his girlfriend. You know that one? I've never yeah. heard that before. Or the the tent building contest in left field. You know there was all, all kinds of that stuff. Wait a minute. Did she say no? Because in that case, if he struck out, then it works as a baseball yeah. cliche. Otherwise, no, it, 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 they, he hit a home run. He nice. Hit a home run. Yeah, I think she had a kid. They had a kid already, so maybe it was one of those. Things. It was very interesting. Oh very well, no, interesting. that's then that's that's actually called an intentional walk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't think that's a that's not necessarily or it's a it's an in the field home run. There's some yeah. kind of technical thing going so, on yeah, there. We'll have to consult the rule book. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, the 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 states is a, a crazy place to tour. Uh, because I think as Canadians, sometimes we forget how big the country is and, and what the population is, is like, it's so varied, um, you know, so you can end up in the Pacific Northwest and you're like, Oh yeah, Seattle, this is kind of like Vancouver, uh, sort of. And then you're like, you know, a couple days later you're in California and you're just, you have no reference point if you've never been there before. And then a couple of days later, you're in Phoenix and in New Mexico, and, and they're t- telling you about how the police are being investigated by the, the Department of Justice for murdering too many people. And there's a, an immigration wall between Mexico and, and the United States. Uh, it, and, and then you're in the, north, the Northeast and, and in Florida. It's just it's such a, a crazy country, but th- there are so many people still who – support the arts in, in such a real way that, you know, I think, I think sometimes up here we, we get caught, you know, buying into America getting the bad rap when there's a ton of shit that's bad up here and a ton of shit that's great down there and vice versa. It's actually kind of a fun place to travel in the States. I, I I always enjoy touring in the States myself because Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's you're right. It's not. It doesn't seem as big because you're constantly crossing states as opposed to you know hours and hours between provinces and 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 every every state is different in its own way and yeah uh, and and the people are different and I I I rather enjoy it. Now you mentioned uh, in that in that sentence there you said something like uh, you ended up in places that you didn't think you'd ever be. So clearly you had some preconceived notions going in. Uh, are there particular preconceived notions that you had that were destroyed by this trip? Uh, every time I go to Texas, I- I'm like consistently just like, this is so much more cosmopolitan in, w- in ways and, and totally 
insane in other ways. <laughs> like, like when you go to Austin, it's like you could be in, in Toronto. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like s- totally similar. They're, they're complaining about like condo development and, and all sorts of, all sorts of things like that. But then you, you get outside of any of the like major cities and you're like, it feels like the old West, but the people are so friendly, you know, there's so much about the South and, and the Southwest where the, Oh, Cowboys. And yeah. Did you, did you happen to play in Denton? Uh, we haven't, we haven't been to Denton yet. Um, we're going to be in Dallas on the next tour okay, in the cool. fall, but, uh, no, Denton, we haven't made it to. Should go through Denton. I had a good time in Denton. Denton. Yeah, that, that, there are pockets, right? There are pockets everywhere. And that's the, that I think is really when your, your, your preconception is kind of shattered is when you're like, oh, I was really expecting this place to be, you know, this thing that I've had reinforced by like Hollywood music or like American pop culture, uh, Hollywood movies, pardon me, not music, but, yeah, yeah. uh, and like American pop culture. And then when you get there and you realize, uh, which is probably self-evident, but it's su- it, totally nuanced. It's, it's not, it's not about, you know, whatever you've seen in, in the movies because people are, are, are more complex than that. Just like w- we are. You know, they have, they have, uh, n- like ideas about Canada and it's great to shatter those expectations too. Yeah. Like I was going to say, conversely, you must have, when you, when people find out you're Canadian, then, then the real fun begins. Yeah. I, I, one of my favorite things was wearing a Blue Jays hat for basically the whole tour mm-hmm. and having Americans come up to me thinking that I wouldn't be able to like hold my own talking about baseball. Right. And because, you know, they're like, oh, you're from Toronto, you're Canadian, you guys don't like baseball up there. We won a couple of World Series up there. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, no, man, we we can, and then I, yeah, it got to a point where, like, I because I like to talk about baseball. Yeah. uh, And so I kind of get excited about it, and then you end up being, realizing, like, this guy wanted to come up to, to you and probably, like, talk about your band, and all you did was, like, you're like, oh, you're wearing a San Francisco Giants hat. Mm-hmm. I like the Giants this year. Like, you know what I mean? And, they, <laughs> and they're like, okay, who is this guy? Like, he needs to shut up now. But, yeah. but that's fine. It's nice to... Common ground. Yeah, exactly. There's tons of it. There's yeah. tons of it. So who do you like baseball this year? What's going on? What's going uh, on with the, baseball? Man, the A's are good. It's, it's kind of scary. Is it that Moneyball thing? I don't know. You know what? I, I, I need to read that book. <laughs> I, I saw them... I saw the movie and I was like, okay, well, yeah, sure, Brad Pitt. Did, did you notice in that movie that they they left out um, that the A's signed Miguel Tejada? I didn't know. I did not notice that. They, they, yeah, right. He, he, they're like, oh no, no, no! It was super cheap, and they spent all this money, and then they like like focused on all like the like like half decent. Yeah, they, they white also guys. yeah they also ran yeah yeah. And and you're like, well, yeah, but they also signed like one of the hottest third basemen to play the game in the 2000s. I don't know. I'm, I'm a baseball nerd, man. No, it's good. I, I have to have a conversation with another baseball nerd very soon, so it's nice to pick your brain. Yeah, good. So the, I'm happy to help. So you're happy with it? Because I follow... I don't actually... I watch baseball, but I don't follow it, per se. It's the yeah. same... There was a point in my life where I knew everything about every sport. Yeah. And then, I got to say, at some point, it occurred to me 
that the regular season of any sport, besides football, mm -hmm. is relatively inconsequential. It's also exhausting. Yes. So <laughs> I, I will watch almost every major sports playoff run, and then that's kind of when I start. I will yeah. almost watch the entire playoff run of any major league sport in this on this continent. But... I don't follow it regularly, and now I'm, you know, so picking your brain about this is good. So the A's are good, the J's are not so good. I think that the J's can, like, hold on, you know, they're like, what, three or four games back? If they can just, like, tread water going through this, like, awful stretch, because baseball's a streaky game, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, injuries and all that. If they can come back, it might be. I'm also, you know, this is the, my favorite team we're talking about, so I'm totally like blinders on but to, re, to reality. Have you not? You've in your travels. Have you had the opportunity to go to a baseball game in the in the United States of America? Other than that single A one that we went to in Iowa, um, it's always been like spring a spring tour or an eight hour drive away. Yeah. So we haven't yet, but. Uh, I, I, it's high on my list of things to do. Yeah, because that's the thing about spending so much time in the van and like showing up to the venue and having a couple beers and playing the show. You know what I mean? You need something to kind of break the routine. Here's what I'm going to recommend to you, because it happened to me. I got spoiled. I got to go to Wrigley Field. I got. To uh, see, I, I got, saw. I think I saw some of those photos. Actually. Yeah, I got to go to a Cubs game, and I got to tell you. After going to games at that stupid Sky Dome, <laughs> and the people and the way that the stadium is sort of constantly the music and the advertising and the yeah. people are throwing airplanes onto the field, it doesn't feel respectful for the game of baseball. You go to Wrigley Field, I think they're retrofitting it now, but when I went last summer, no ads, no jumbotron. Yeah, people are civil. They're into the game. You know, they're not chatting. They're they're watching the game, and it felt like real. And I I haven't we in Toronto who get to the Jays games. We don't have that experience. Yeah, yeah. I think especially in a, in a park like Wrigley that's been around for so long. Yeah, there's like a tradition. You know, people will actually shush you if you're being. Um, a jackass. It was amazing. And I, I think that they kind of changed my whole viewpoint on... I've had this experience a few times where I go to things in Toronto and I go to similar things in, in the States or wherever else. I'm like, this is way better. Yeah. I mean, that's not... Let's. I mean, let's give Toronto its due. I think part of the problem is that that stadium is so big. Yeah. Like, 50,000 people are not going to... 50,000 people go to see the New York Yankees every night. I'm just... Maybe. maybe I'm know? not trying to be controversial here. But I, I feel think, you, though. I think in a city where enough people elected Rob Ford to be mayor, something's wrong. <laughs> Something might be wrong with the citizenry. And I'm telling you, it's a vibe thing. A building's a building. And, yeah. and a corporation's a corporation. So how they decide to operate is, is whatever. I mean, I don't know what, what's going on with Wrigley that, Field and the Cubs. But like, it was so homespun and fun and charming. And I don't, would never use those words going to a Jays game in Toronto. I'm just saying that. That that's something. Funnily enough, like bringing up the 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 fat elephant in the room, <laughs> um, is something that we still get asked about when we're in the states or overseas. It's still the way that people kind of connect with Toronto on a basic level, which is so bad. 
like you know when when we were over in in England and 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 even in in like Belgium and stuff people know about it people know about Rob Ford and it's just it's unbelievable it, it, like like I hope that we are representing Toronto and showing you that there is like an energy and a vitality and and something bubbling in the underground because there are so many bands yeah and and so much culture and 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 tolerance and all of the things that are exactly binary to what Rob Ford is that it feels like it's really important to 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 cut against the grain of that culture that I think you're you're picking up on rightly. <laughs> I'm just saying when I'm on no. a, sometimes when I'm on a subway I'm like someone here probably voted for that guy. It's and insane, I, right? And I kind of get back and and then yeah as I say I go to other places and I don't feel it. So I mean I don't have to deal with that. I don't work there anymore. I don't work in Toronto anymore. I, I live in work in Guelph and I'm, I shouldn't be complaining about the city. I visited sometimes. It's a perfectly nice city itself is all right. Sure. There's something wrong with it, and I think it might be bubbling under at the Sky Dome. It's, yeah, that's well, you know, Rogers got it for so cheap. Why not knock it down and, and find out? Yeah, exactly. I think we should. I think you're absolutely right. Now, we've I've enjoyed this digression, but I do feel like I have to ask you questions about your band. Okay. Do okay. I have to ask you questions about your band? Do we really have to talk it's about a, your band? It's, I mean, it. we promoted the event already, right? Like, we're playing at Hillside. People can, well, I guess it's sold out. No, you're the Saturday is sold out. That's when we're playing. That's the day you're playing, yes. Yeah. But Friday and Sunday are not sold out. So, we, um, yeah, we're promoting Hillside. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, I, but I do, I mean, part of the show is trying to do some searching, get some insight about someone and their work. We've done that too. Maybe we're just done. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what, what's what else did you want to ask? What I, I want to. Well, you mentioned that you you the pup, you some of the people in Papa, you've been playing with them since you were a little kid or something. Yeah, since I was like uh, whatever age you start high school, whenever that is. Uh, twelve, thirteen, Some, I think. something like that. Yeah. Okay, so you start. You who are they? Who are the people you played with? Uh, 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 Zach, our drummer, and Nestor, our bassist. Okay, so you started playing with them, and what brought you together in terms of sort of musical commonality? What did you guys, what did you guys sound like at that time? We were just the worst ska punk band, like <laughs> like so bad, man. Uh, you know, do you, like do you remember bands like Choking Victim and like, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it it was just like. Yeah, it was direction rudderless. Just we used to kill time on weekends because there was nothing else to do. Okay, and and so what you were listening to those kinds of bands, and obviously you absorbed it, and you were kids, so you tried to play like those people. Yeah, you know, just writing kind of like sky, like you know, and then bands like Protest the Hero were still local bands at that time. Mm-hmm. So all that sort of stuff was still kind of going on and and you know there were bands like the three tards who were still around at that point mm-hmm. so that was that was that whole scene that we were connected to it all kind of revolved around the reverb right this is, uh, this is a it's gone now right it was a venue uh, yeah, it was a venue at bathurst and queen it's a fucking crate and barrel yeah that's right it's a crate and barrel now yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's one of the like lasting i don't really hold many grudges but I, I hold that one. Yeah. You know who put that crate and barrel there is that uh, Rob Ford. I know. I know. 
<laughs> no, anyway, so, okay, so you started that way, and then at some point, uh, when you went to university, did you kind of stop playing with those guys for a bit? Yeah, or? yeah, we kind of drifted apart, and uh, Stefan, who is a uh, lead singer and guitar player, and Nestor met together, they were both studying to be audio engineers mm-hmm. uh, at Ryerson, and they started kind of playing together, and then that kind of developed in their, like, dorm room years, and... uh and then I remember just getting an email from Zach, uh, and uh, he was like, "Hey, this new project that Nestor and I are working on, we need a we need a fourth, we need a guitar player. Um, you should come see if it's something you can kind of do. It, it, it might be up your alley." Um, but it, it was like that was when it was kind of starting out as Topanga, and it was it was weird though because it was so different. You know, Stefan was playing some songs on acoustic guitar, and uh, again, it, it at at that point it was still just sort of like a basement kind of half goofy project. Yeah. Um, and it slowly kind of started to evolve, and it was like, yeah, maybe if you're like the f- second of four bands at the Silver Dollar, you shouldn't like change to an acoustic guitar halfway through your set. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, you know, we learned a lot just like playing around. Um, And, uh, and then we, when we sat down to make, we were like, all right, we have enough songs and we sat down to make the record. Um, And we were just sort of like cold calling. Our our manager was like, you guys should like, the songs are interesting. Uh, You should really think about, who you want to get to help make this record. Um, this was a year and a half, two years ago. Right. Uh, and one of the guys that we all sort of liked from, from various records that he, he made was uh, Dave Schiffman. Uh, Dave Schiffman worked with uh, the Bronx and he worked with uh, the band Priestess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's worked with like Weezer and, Rage Against the Machine, but he's also like done jazz stuff that I knew about. He worked with Joshua Redman. Oh, okay. Huge years. He's he's been all over the place. Um, he he was an engineer on the most recent Vampire Weekend record, uh, and and we just cold called him and sent him some demos, and he was into it. Uh, and at that point, when we kind of sat down with him and started making the record, it was like, okay, maybe maybe now this is something that we need to take a little bit seriously. And, uh, you, you hadn't been in, up until that point. In, 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 I mean, insofar as like we're like, okay, this is a band, and we're kind of starting to get asked to play shows in like Ottawa. You know, we were doing like weekend warrior tours, yeah, where we would drive to like Ottawa and Montreal and Kingston in a weekend, and then come back and like work. Um, but we didn't have any sense of it it being this now. You know, being like, hey, here's your nine o'clock slot on the Saturday night of, of Hillside. Here's your in, invitation to come and play the NME Awards. Yeah, uh, these the are, awards tour. You know, these are things that you you I mean, I don't I don't think you ever really think about it anyway when, when you're writing songs and making work, but it was not even something that we considered in the realm of possibility when we first sat down to to write these songs and, and start this band. So all we really wanted to do was make songs that we thought were interesting. Uh, and then when other people started to kind of respond to them, it was like, okay, well, maybe this is a thing. Right, right. Uh, I mean, that's sometimes what it takes, just somebody on the outside push, yeah, pushing you and, along. 
And so we made the record with Dave and it was like, dope, holy crap. These songs are like kind of heavy. And the punk thing that we all sort of grew up in, because Stefan grew up going to the reverb too. We, we all knew each other. Um, yeah, this kind of coincides with a, a, a kind of change in direction and a, and a change in, in the overall sort of focus and sound and aesthetic of the band. So that was where the, the name change came, came from. Right. It stands, it's an acronym, right? Yeah, we kind of we kind of joke around with the acronym a little bit because we kind of try to not take it too too seriously still, but uh yeah, it was like pathetic use of potential. <laughs> pathetic use of potential. Yeah. Did, did that sort of resonate with you? Uh it, it was it was more just us, you know, wanting to to keep sort of a a, a playfulness about it. Right. Because it, I think Part of, of it is, is at least for us, we're kind of tired of the, the bands that sort of get up on stage and stand around like they're doing a crowd a favor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, name, like, the, name those bands. No, I'm not going to do that. Name, name do that. all of them. You can't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it, it, it's, it, or, or uh, you know, synth heavy bands i'll let you draw your own conclusion okay but um this this is partially motivated by stuff around you that you don't like yeah yeah and 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 stuff that we do like where where things were happening and and in toronto like like punk in toronto right now is very vibrant you know you, you think of like like bands that have been around for a little while, like like a fucked up, yeah. Uh, bands bands like Mets, a band like the Flatliners, who have been really kind of doing their own thing, mm-hmm. and 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 like cutting a path for over a decade. Um, and 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 all kinds of bands like Grays and Odonis Odonis and us and like the Dirty Nil, uh, Pew 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 Gunshots. There's such a vibrant little underground going on. Um, yeah. And, and that th- those shows are, have energy and they have crowds who are, are not content to stand and, and kind of shoegaze, you know? Yeah. You, you, no. you're, you're not into complacency of any sort, whether it's on stage or in front of the stage, like you're, you're trying to get people motivated and active. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and, and that goes totally in line, right. With, with, uh, cutting a, across the current of, of what's going on in Toronto right now. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I hear you. Now you. At some point, we've mentioned Weezer a couple of times. Yeah. And I remember when I first heard the record, there were certain aspects that reminded me of that. I mean, you've come from this punk background, but there is a pop element. Oh, yeah, totally. To, to pop. Um, and I don't want to cite Weezer too heavily. Was Weezer a thing? Is that the band that you guys liked? I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you can't. I, I'm 26. Like, yes, I have a CD copy of the Blue Album. Yes, I have a CD copy of Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have the Green Album. It's one of the. It was one of the bands that, like, growing up in that scene and and you know, going to the Reverb. Those were those, that was the band. Yeah. Did you? That was the band for so many people. Do you know that I was in the Weezer fan club? Really. I was member number one, two, three, four. One, two, that's that's early, man. Yeah, I was, I was, I was there. Yeah, I signed up in nineteen ninety five, probably. Do you have the card still? 
The card? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, the membership card? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally have. Oh, are, amazing. Are, are, you a fan, are you in the fan club? I can't say that I am. Not like officially. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I, I was in the fan club and I uh, would correspond with Michael and Carly, uh, who ran the fan club and had a song written about them. And uh, they would get me into sold out Weezer shows. And yeah, they were super sweet. In fact, one of the first recordings I ever made was for the Weezer. It was the first ever Weezer fan club uh, covers compilation. Oh my God. What song did you do? I did, uh, I did Michael and Carly. Amazing. I did Michael and Carly and it was recorded by Dallas Worley, the Constantines, uh, on a four track that we borrowed from his girlfriend at the time, uh, Tara. She had a, her high school in Guelph had a, had a four track and we borrowed it and we were making our hardcore, uh, bands record on it. And then I was like, Hey, can we do a thing? And so, yeah, there's like me double tracked vocals. I got to find it. I should digitize it and send it to you. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was it. Dallas and Steve was probably there. Some the cons. I grew up with the con. I like, I grew yeah, up. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. So Weezer also, you know, I like many people haven't, we tried to follow them for a while there and then they seem to have, yeah, I've just been disappointed by everything I've seen and heard. I, uh, have you heard the new single? Uh, no, I saw see, I saw people complaining about it. I just heard it today for the first time, and uh, it's it's kind of funny. Like I, it's it, you know, we were standing there. This is while I was painting the fence. Uh, oh right. Uh, with we had the radio on, and and it was on. Uh, uh, and and I was like, if I know Weezer, there's a guitar solo coming, right here you know and it was like it was like i did like an eight an eight beat count and i was like oh yeah there it is so you know it's it's a weezer song but the the lyrical material is really funny because it's basically basically rivers just like opening up about how he alienated the audience who made him by like just doing a bunch of crazy shit in the last few years uh and how he's like sorry and now it's just like he went back to the shed and now it's time to rock out again yeah, it's called Back to the Shack, right? Yeah, yeah, Back to the Shack, that's right. Um, they're play- we're playing Riot Fest in Toronto and in Chicago, and they're playing the Chicago one. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like going back and forth about whether or not I should like, I should probably just be there. I, I think I need- I've never seen them before. Oh, you've never seen Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Seen them. I've never seen Weezer. Yeah, you should go. Yeah, I think I need to. I saw them. I got to see them on the Blue Album and Pinkerton tours, and uh, they were 
they were a good band. They were good at what they did. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would be the time, like I've, you know, that's the beauty of the internet. I've seen them like playing in Japan in like the mid nineties and you're like, it's next level. Like the, the crowds they're playing to and, and the, the kind of stage presence they have, but it's a, uh, it's amazing to think that they still have persevered. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I well, could, in a sense, I mean, persevered and coasting are the same thing or not the same thing rather. That's true. That's true. Uh, but you know that they, they, yeah, that red <laughs> that red album is is something. Certainly, I can't even. I don't even know the red album. Yeah, I. It's there. There is one gem that's like ten minutes long called "The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived." Uh huh. Which I think encapsulates Rivers Cuomo his his idea of himself very well. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. But yeah, it, it, it's they, that that band. You can't you can't not I think say that that they're they're an influence. Okay, all right. So that's it, it comes through every once in a while. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. You know, the, the one of the last times I saw Pup was at the Halifax Pop Explosion. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a weird night, wasn't it? It was a fun night, but you guys yeah. ended up doing an impersonation of Fucked Up. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess what happened, uh, was we, we played and we had that weird like stage power out halfway through the set. Oh yeah, that's right. At the marquee. Uh, and I think Damien caught some of the set maybe or something, but, uh, we had previously done a cover of, uh, Queen of Hearts Mm -hmm. for that now magazine, uh, like 50 best Toronto albums. They had like a series. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then they got like fifty Toronto bands to cover a song from each of those records, and so I guess that was right around the time when our record had come out. It came out in Canada October of last year, mm-hmm. um, and so they tapped us to cover the fucked up song, and we were like, "Oh yeah, cool!" Like David comes to life, amazing record, absolute honor to do it. Sure, right, right. Um, and <laughs> so we played the show, and it was fun. It was a weird one, and. Uh, and we were kind of standing around, uh, like having beers, just working the merch table, whatever. And Damien came running up to us. I'd never met him before. And he was like, hey, guys, like I'm Damien, you know, the very like <laughs> personality that he is. Um, and he was like, here's what we're going to do. And we we're like, what are you talking about? He was like, when, when Vish gets up to introduce the band you guys are going to go out there and you're going to like play queen of hearts. Right. And, and we were like, all right, that's cool, man. But only if like you sing it. And he was like, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't remember what I said. I remember the intro was, I think you introduced each member individually, which was really, which was great because then none of those individuals came out. Right. Okay. Yeah. I knew there was something about the intro that I, I just couldn't remember what I did. That people yeah. asked me about after. I'm like, I don't remember what I said. It wasn't, yeah. It was I, something. Like, I I can't remember either. <laughs> but but yeah yeah. And then and then we walked out. Uh, it's it's funny, you know. There are times. That's a time in the last little while that I can distinctly remember. Actually, being nervous <laughs> on stage you guys did seem like a little puppy dog band in that yeah, moment it, I was, it was a little bit like uh i guess in this situation like dog in the headlights which is kind of a bad image but uh 
Yeah, it was like, holy shit, okay, we're doing this. Duh. <laughs> and especially since with, with those sorts of things, as I'm sure you know, like uh, we've done them a couple other times now. We like just got to do the AV Club undercover series, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Um, but did, did you meet Mara? Uh, no. Oh, okay. My, but we met we met Josh. He was a super nice guy. All right, my pal Mara writes for the thing. She, I think she. Anyway, yeah, good. Sorry, Chicago, good town. And, and those are the times that I get nervous. Is when we're like we're playing other people's music because you don't really have a lot of time to learn it. And you forget it incredibly quickly, uh, and and I think we hadn't played that that fucked up song in in a couple of, of months, a month maybe, right? And I had I I remember being like oh oh shit, and like finding a quiet spot in the venue before fucked up set started, and like watching the video of us playing it again, being like, what was I doing? Like I don't remember. <laughs> and then just being like, okay, there, got it. Like getting a guitar and actually having to relearn it like backstage. Yeah, yeah. And then we did it. And so I was, it was a little shaky, but I think, I think we pulled it off. Now, what song did you end up doing for the, you did pull it off. It was great. There was something also technically went wrong and it wasn't your fault. I can't remember what it was. Right I now. think, I think one of the amps maybe was uh, off or, or malfunctioning. Yeah. There was something, it was a, a weird stage setup that whole night, I think. Yeah, festivals. Yeah, right? What do you got to do? You got to share gear. It's weird. Not Hillside, though. No. Hillside will be like a Swiss watch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What song did you end up doing for the AV Club? We did uh, Ever Fallen in Love with Someone by the Buzzcocks. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that out yet? Yeah, it is. Okay, nice. Yeah. It it was the last American tour was, was a crazy one for us because it was our second time through the States this year. Uh, and the first one we went out with solids from Montreal, mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing, amazing band, great guys. Um, and some of the shows were awesome and some of the shows were stinkers. Right. Uh, and then on this one we went through and it was like, again, with the Menzingers and, and we were getting, we got asked to do, you know, uh, AV club and we did a KEXP session and, and it was, it was like, I, I am so honored to just be touring with bands that are friendly and that i enjoy let alone be getting to do things that like as a musician are are like kind of bucket list yeah you know what i mean like it's it's been a really wild ride like as i said we didn't really expect much other than to like write a record that we thought was interesting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and and i think we accomplished that and and so to have the response that it's had so far and to be able to get to see places that I would I would probably never be able to afford to see in such rapid succession has been really crazy. Yeah, no, I can I can totally uh, understand where you're coming from. Sometimes when you aren't planning for something to take, it just takes. And sometimes when you work hard at something, it doesn't work. It's just weird. Sometimes yeah. that's what life is like. Yeah, there's 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 timing and there's preparedness, and you can do all of that. And it can still not happen. And yeah. then and then you see people and you're like, oh, my God, you're a hack. And there are thousands of people to see you. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, it's aggravating, right? You see some of the best, best people you see, best musicians I've ever seen. And there are five people there to see them. Yeah. I mean, you certainly, and I can relate to that in terms of being involved in the realm of, you know, improvised music, jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
where like it's like a ridiculously amazing player, but there's just not a huge audience for it. Mm-hmm. And on some level, those things are actually, I think, informative and insightful in their own way because you kind of learn from those experiences that it ultimately doesn't matter. You know, the people that are doing the thing for themselves and for the people who are interested have way more credibility. They carry themselves with maybe more dignity than the people who are constantly trying to get other people to notice a thing they're doing. And, you know, I go through this conflict myself, even like posting about my show. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Like, how do you self-promote and not seem... Like a like a a jerk. Yeah, I think you you get into a rhythm where depending on where you're posting things or telling people about things, you they're almost used. To, some people anyway would be used to that, and that's how they learn about it. And in other mm-hmm. cases, you hope that the thing you make has its own momentum. And you guys seem to be have come from a grassroots place, and then it's taken off, and other people are helping, and you know it's it's got a it's got a momentum now. Oh, yeah, and I think one of the things that being like a little bit having a little bit of experience even just booking my own shows while I was in Guelph say or or having to like hustle shows while this band was starting off in Toronto and cold calling people yeah um you sort of appreciate where that effort got you and use it as as like kind of a uh motivator to keep working and, and to actually work harder. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We, we already have like eight or nine new songs in various states of completion. Uh, not that there's like a record due or anything, but it's just like we, we are able to have the luxury of, of not really having day jobs anymore. Right. Um, and, and we need to make the most of it because there's like there there's no time for laziness now and 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 like it's an honor so many people would this is like what i dreamed of as a kid when i started playing guitar like being able to be in a rock band <laughs> yeah and you're doing it and people are noticing you guys were nominated uh, for that polaris music prize you're on the long list yeah and you yeah that was how how was that uh, again it's all it's all weird it's all crazy i'm just i'm still just like you still hear the mistakes on the record, and I'm just like, oh, it's cool. Like, I, I, you, you can't, you can't get too, you don't want to get too wrapped up in it. But it was, it's an honor, and and some of the most amazing artists and inspiring artists, and and f- people on that list now who are friends, just being able to to be counted amongst 39 other records uh, was was humbling. Now, there have been some conversations started lately about how harder music doesn't seem to resonate beyond that long list of 40 albums to the short list of 10, which the short list was just announced uh, last week. And some people would argue that some fairly significant heavier records didn't make it. Do you have any take on that in terms of how much respect hard music gets among the sort of... uh, well, particularly coming, as I said, you and I, you in particular, you come from a realm supporting niche music uh, in terms of jazz, and, and on some level, maybe hard music falls into that category too. But uh, yeah, I'm just curious what your take on that is. A comment I used to used to make when the Polaris Prize, uh, you remember Peter Bradley? 
Yes, well, she's yes, he's a friend of mine. Peter yeah. used to work at CFRU, the radio station, and uh, he's now up in Alaska. Yeah, and I, I keep in touch with Peter. He's a great guy and, and an amazing – talk about a guy who's doing stuff selflessly. Um, but yeah. uh, one of the jokes that he and I used to kind of make, mostly me, I think, but was that you know Constellation Records is like eternally deserving of the Polaris Prize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a, a great piece about that. Uh, about I, that, about Constellation, did you not, I think? Uh, well, for Signal the Noise? Uh, yeah, I think, and the, yeah, yeah, I think you so. Mean anyway. about, you mean about the label as a whole? About the label, yeah. Yeah. When they had an anniversary, yeah. The, yeah. You know, but, and Colin Stetson made the shortlist one year. Two years. Two years, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, fucked up one once, and Mets was there. So I think slowly it's starting to to kind of change. I mean... You could say the same about hip hop. Yeah, you can say the same about hip hop as you could for, for heavy music. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's it's one of those things. Like it's still in its infancy. It's not like the Mercury Prize in that it's been around for what twenty, fifteen, twenty years, something like that. I think that it must be almost ten. Is it? Is this the tenth year? I don't know. It must be the maybe it's more. I don't know. I can't remember. But I mean, I think that part of the thing about that prize, the Polaris Music Prize, which I initially had some misgivings about, was that I felt like it was just a thing that was invented to make us all start talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that's good. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I'm being provoked. Um, I deliberately provoked and I've fallen for it. Um, but, I, you know, I, as the years have gone on, I've kind of just like, I'm interested in it, but I'm also indifferent. Like, it doesn't, make my blood boil the way it does other people. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I've started to realize, and I think when you say, you know, heavy music sometimes doesn't always get recognized outside of its own world or its yeah. own, you know, is that there are plenty of bands who have kind of forged their own paths, which is really all like what it's about now is if you can you can kind of and and you know arguably always has been um you can operate in a way that isn't reliant on uh awards or or money connected to awards or even the grant system although hey the grant system is amazing and I think we should keep it and I think factor is great and I think all the arts councils are great <laughs> <laughs> because Canadian music needs to be supported. I'm spoken, not that. spoken like a real recipient. Yeah, right. <laughs> of those grants. Yeah. No, no, I hear you though. But but like it's it's the same thing where I think people's attitudes toward s- certain music blogs are changing. Mhm. Uh, you know, a blog like Pitchfork maybe not necessarily having the clout that it did. Um you have to you have to engage with those things because I think responsible artists need to engage with with criticism and, and that conversation needs to happen in order for progress to be made. Right. But you cannot get lost in that world. And I think I think something sometimes that happens. Yeah, you've got a level head about it. Right. And because you don't want to at some point you don't want to be you don't pander. Yeah. Or, no. I mean, you, you can, I guess, but, but no, I, 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 yeah, I think that there's 
potentially a band that started up because they wanted to win the Polaris Music Prize, but uh, I don't know of them. I think, you know, these things happen to... I mean, people have gotten angry. Last year, everyone was angry that Godspeed, the Black Emperor won, or the way they handled the win. And, um, and actually, some people were deliberately upset that someone that they won over some of the other, you know, nominees. But I do think that that's a thing that happened to the band. It's not yeah. really something you can be angry at them about no, and how they react. I mean, they didn't ask for it, per se. It just sort of occurred and and you know it's weird to resent the winner also their response was punk rock as fuck yes exactly i mean i (laughs) had total respect for what they said and did and uh so i mean having said that i'm a huge fan of the band and if you know if metric had done that i might have not i would have been like jerks yeah yeah but a bit of a bias there that's sort of the but everyone does and and that's sort of why i think the polaris has sustained and and done that is because they have a rotating cast of characters who are actually making those decisions. Right. Yep. Um, and you know what? Yeah. I hope they give it to Tanya Tagak this year. Me too. To be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Um, I spent more uh, time with that record uh, over the weekend and I, parts of it remind me of like fond of tigers. I mean, she's playing with a couple of people in that band. Yeah. Jesse Zubat's on that record, right? I think it, oh, maybe it's only Jesse, but yeah, some of it's like the closest to like a hardcore punk jazz thing that i've ever oh yeah it's it's crazy man or or give it to a hip-hopper give it to shad well again then you get down to like are we just rewarding genres this is the complicated thing about it and i think that's why it's also politicized like is the best album winning or is it winning because it's a thing Mm -hmm. um so that's where it gets confusing and you know again I, I, it's creeping up again that base resentment i have for the fact that this thing is making me talk about its stuff but I mean, that's what everything is. It's just everything that we put out there is meant to provoke conversation and thought, and it's probably a good thing. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it's I think it, so. It's nice to hear that you have a level head about not being nominated for the shortlist and and what it might mean for other bands like yours. Well, you know what? It, it, well, it was like it was just another work day. Like we happened, we were filming a new music video on the day that the shortlist was announced. So it was like, yeah, okay. I looked at Twitter and looked at all the. The stuff and it was like okay, didn't happen. Like let's get back to work. Yeah, yeah, and that's the right attitude. It would be weird. I'm, again, hopefully, no one was bent out of shape or heartbroken that they weren't. Not you know, it's whatever. It's a thing. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Now you mentioned excitingly that Pop are, are, are eight or nine songs into a new record. That's right. So what can you tell us about what's going on with that thing? Can you? Is it uh, too early? It, well, it. We tried to take a different a little bit of a different approach just in, in the way that we write, uh, not necessarily in the actual like uh, sonic material, because we've always sort of just been like, Hey, bring whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this is anything goes when we're jamming. Um, but w- for the first record, a lot of those songs, we only went in with 11 songs. You know, it's not like we had, we had like whittled down, 50 songs classic kind of first band move yeah 100 here's here's everything yeah this is it uh and and but we were super super meticulous you know we would work on a song for months on end uh and a lot of those songs on on (laughs) 
I think the, the wounds have finally healed, <laughs> just, just like self-inflicted, totally self-inflicted. Not that there's like, um, like anger or division in the band, but we just kind of put ourselves through, let's take every possible idea for this second verse and see which, what, what works and yeah. what everyone can, you know, and in that way it was very democratic. Um, and we were, we, we were trying to be a little bit more, uh, uh, pardon me, a little bit less precious for the uh, for the new batch. Yeah. So, like, uh, and but that's also like necessitated by uh, like our situation. You know what I mean? Like, we we have this is the longest stretch um, that we have had this year together, not on the road. Um. And, and and so it's a little different, but, you know, it's like between the last U.S. tour that we did and coming back from the U.K. and Europe, we had nine days. Right. So it's like it takes three days to just not be feeling gross from jet lag. Uh, yeah, just and, get back into the normal. Yeah, see, see your family, you know, girlfriends, whatever. Uh, and And so we would, you know once we would kind of settle on a structure for a song, we would, uh, track it. We have, we have like zoom set up and, and like a little improvised recording set up in, in our jam space. Um, and we would kind of track the song and, and put it away and, and go on the next one. Um, and that kind of allowed everyone to get some distance from the songs and be like, Oh, Hey, maybe that thing that I was playing there is actually cluttering the vocal melody or it doesn't sit with the drums as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can kind of reflect a little bit easier because we're not going, you know, our work schedule when we have time is generally, I would say four to five days a week we'll play. Right. Um, uh, and, and so that's sort of something that we're working on is like just, once we have a skeletal structure that we can all agree on, uh, we'll track it and kind of put it down and, and go on to the next one. And so that is sort of, it's like almost writing in steps. Whereas, you know, the next approach, once these skeletal structures are done is to kind of give the muscle and the meat, if we want to keep with the body metaphor here. Yeah. But the, the things you're tracking are demos. The, uh, or, or yeah. you, like you say you're eight or nine songs in, but you're not eight or nine songs fully recorded. No, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, yeah, they're live recordings. So it's just us, the four of us in the rehearsal space. Okay. Um, cause one of our, our big things with recording in that sort of like track by track, like let's track the drums, then let's track the bass, then let's track the guitar and then the other guitar. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it, it never captured the energy properly. We, we, we've tried a bunch of different producers. We worked with some amazing ones. We worked with John Drew pre, prior to Dave, and we worked with Gus Van Gogh prior to Dave. Um, and it never translated. Uh, and so one of the things we had to do with Dave was like, okay, here's what didn't work. And Dave was like, oh, well, that's easy. We're just going to record your record basically live off the floor. Right. And so that, that model hit for us. Uh, and so we, we try and do as much work to the songs as possible on our end so that when we get into the studio, 
there's minimal overdubbing other than like say the vocals, right? Because you don't want to. Sure. Um, uh, but the, the actual band we want to be recorded live off the floor because that is how our band I think sounds most vital and energetic. Yeah, no, and that's fair. And, and these eight or nine things you're working on, how developed are they? Do they have vocals? Do they have lyrics? Yeah, I mean, you know, like one one song is we'll play at Hillside. One song we've been had in the live repertoire for the last two or three tours. Oh, okay. Uh, another song, I mean, we we had to relearn it two days ago. So they're all sitting at like, you know, the actual length of the songs and, and all that stuff. Some have vocals, some don't. Our, our goal for this fall headline tour that we're doing across Canada and the States, our goal is to have three or four s- new songs ready to go so that, you know, a couple are show ready and others will be sound check material every night. Cause that's one of the things that we've learned being with, with kind of older bands, more experienced bands on the road is that, Sometimes sound check is a time to sound check, but most of the time sound check is a time to, to run things that you're working on because the way that the industry is now, touring bands have to tour in order to keep their heads above water. Right. And it, it can sometimes, if you're not uh, managing your time properly, you can't, you, you never write. Right. Yeah. No, it's fair. And you've got to kind of work it out on the road. Yeah, and and the last thing I want to do is to come off of what it will probably be the way it's looking a year and a half to two years of touring this first record empty-handed, you know, when when people start going, all right, well, where's the new record? Well, it sounds like you're way ahead of the pack in terms of having a, a good grouping of songs. Well, I mean, as I said, it's it's like a it's a it's a privilege and an honor to like get to do what we do because there are so many people like we we were saying who work as hard and harder and for longer say than some people and, and never get to see that. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's this to me is the only way that I can almost justify it to myself is like, if I don't put in that time when I see other people, whom I respect like dearly working just as tirelessly and, and not getting these opportunities. I mean, like what, what I would feel like a piece of shit (laughs) if I didn't, (laughs) if I didn't, if I didn't put the devotion in and the time in. And I think that attitude is something that we all have embraced. Yeah. And are you sensing uh, any lyrical themes emerging that uh, you can share at this point? Are there any songs that are principally about baseball or? No, see, I, I tend to actually, I, I don't do a ton of the lyric writing. Stefan handles a lot of that. Um, and he, he tends to write um, it, when he is in sort of extreme emotional places. Okay. Um, but he also is uh, an adventurer and can write like narrative very well. So I think one of the things we're trying to do is kind of find a way to, to marry those two, hmm. like, like real life experience and, and, and uh, sort of creating a narrative, which we did in places uh, on the last record. But I think it's something that we, we can maybe do more investigation of. But that's, 
not something that we've, uh, that's probably, you're the, probably the first person I've told ahead of my bandmates. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You haven't really that's, had a chance to articulate any of the ideas. It's just doing them and seeing what comes out in the wash. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think at this point, you know, it, it, you don't want to, we don't, we don't need to put pressure on ourselves because we already strive to create something that's interesting and, and to really kind of expand on, on what we've done. We, we don't like to repeat ourselves. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. That's totally fair. Did you, do you know the name of the song, that, the, the new song that people can expect to hear at Hillside? Yeah, it's, uh, the, the working title right now is, uh, is DVP. It's, it's named after the Don Valley Parkway. Oh, what, what, why is it inspired by the Don Valley Parkway? Uh, Stefan grew up around there, and I guess the, the, the imagery, there was something he liked in, in kind of the weird, almost dystopian imagery of that region. Um, yeah, and so it's, it's just a... Uh, it is a weird place, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, the kind of like down towards where you you get out off of that thing to get into Toronto, like the uh, yeah the river know. there and the jails there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's weird. all there's all kinds of stuff. So it, yeah, it's just sort of sort of dealing dealing with that. But all yeah, right. all right. So people can look forward to see, hearing and you know anyone who sees you beyond Hillside. The DVP is definitely in the rotation. Yes, one hundred percent. It's not just in the bullpen warming. Nope, up. Okay. no. That's that's the other ones. That's. <laughs> Well, I want to just tell folks here, once again, Pup's self-titled debut record is out now via Royal Mountain Records, and they play the Hillside Festival in Guelph on Saturday, July 25th. That uh, day is sold out, but there are still tickets remaining for Friday and Sunday. Steve, are you there for the whole weekend? Uh, I am going to try to get up on Friday. We have to finish filming this music video that I mentioned uh, oh, oh, right. what's on it? Sunday. What's the song? What video? It's, it's for the song Mabu, which is the uh, fourth song, I think, on the record. Okay. Um, so you're making a video for that? Yeah. And what's going on in that video? Yeah, uh, am I am I prying too much? I don't even no, know. No, 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 please. <laughs> by by all means. It's uh it's uh it takes place at a demolition derby. I'll give you that. Really? Yeah. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, so we're going to the Fergus Demolition Derby. Are you going to wreck stuff? Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Okay, so you've got you're going to try to be there. I was going to ask, are you looking forward to seeing anything at Hillside? Uh, yeah, I, I think Bry is doing, I, I, I love Bry's band, but that's a bias because Rich Burnett is one of my favorite dudes Mm -hmm. and uh, Mike Brooks is one of the funniest guys. I don't know if he's still playing in the band, but he wasn't. No, he's not. But Rich is still in it. Yeah. And, and so I, I, and I really think that uh, the provider and free will are both, uh, underappreciated records. Absolutely. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. I want to try and see Fortet on Friday, but I don't know if we're all going to be able to get up there or not. Yeah, video permitting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and uh, yeah, I, I I would go see uh, Alves, but they are our label our label mates. Yeah. They just put out a great record. Hmm. Um. Yeah. There's there's tons of stuff. Uh, no, I'm just curious if you're going to try to make the rounds. It's usually a fun weekend, and that's why I mention. You know, Friday and Sunday tickets still available. So yeah, absolutely. Now, for more information about your band, I, I think the best place to go is maybe puptheband.bandcamp.com. Yeah, if you want to hear the record or just puptheband.com, it'll link to everything. Does it go to everything? Okay, and then there's yeah. also royalmountainrecords.com. There is yeah, absolutely. We've, we've mentioned a number of dot coms. Oh, I have to mention another, but this is a dot ca. Also, for more info, hillsidefestival.ca. Now, Steve, if we were to play a song by Pup right now. What song would we play? Uh, I would say I would say play Guilt Trip. 
Okay. Guilty. Yeah. That's the very first song. It's the first song, yeah. Are you sure? Now, most savvy people would plug the video song, but the video's not out yet. That song has a video. No, no, I mean the song with the new, the new Oh, song. with the new video. Yeah, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. Maybe I mean, that's a short, like, weird, angular one. You could do that one, too, but, but no. I think... No, we'll go with... I didn't mean to second guess. That. What a terrible host I am. I'm... No, you're a fine host. <laughs> no, I think Guilt Trip's good. Why did that song come to mind? Just because it's the first one, or...? Uh, no, I think that really kind of... If, if, if people haven't heard the band before, that's going to really... They'll know what we're all about by the time that song ends. All right, that's fair. That is I think totally. that's the most accurate representation of the band. All right. Well, this is Pop with uh, Guild Trip. Steve, this was a real treat and a so pleasure. I'm glad you were on the show, and I know we tried to get this happening earlier, but thank you for being on the show, and uh, I wish you all the best in this band, and we'll see you this weekend. Yeah, man. I'll see you on the island. Thanks again.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.